Why can't you just be content with the life you have now? You know, Charles Dickens wrote a story about a man who had been in prison for years. Now, naturally, you know, this guy longed for freedom to get out of that dungeon of despair and hopelessness. Finally, the day of his release arrived. He was led from his gloomy cell into the bright, beautiful world. He momentarily glanced in the sunlight then turned and walked back to his cell. He'd become so comfortable with confinement that the thought of freedom was overwhelming. For him, the chains and darkness were predictable security. So what about you? How do you view change? Is it frightening or is it intimidating? Is it an opportunity for positive transformation? Now, the first step, as you hear me talk a lot, a lot, is to identify what do you want? What would your ideal job be like? What would your ideal business be like? What kind of people would you be working with? What skills would you be using? How would you make a difference in the world? Well, fortunately, you're not trapped in your job or the life you have now. You can choose to walk into new freedom, or you can choose to stay in maybe your own private prison. And like the man in Dickens stories, we can be tempted to become secure even in negative situations. True freedom is possible only for those who are willing to surrender security of imprisonment. Now, this process of defining a clear direction is a very important part of change. I mean, a lot of times people come to me to see me with a very precise sense of what they are leaving, but really not much sense of what they're moving to. And as long as you're focused on what you're moving away from, you're likely to experience fear, resentment, anger, or even depression. As soon as you get a clear picture of what you're moving to, you will get a wave of confidence, boldness, and enthusiasm. Hey, let's talk about how you can move from where you are to where you want to be. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Well, i got a couple things I want to just notify you of before we jump into questions and unpacking this construct that I kind of laid out, how to move from where you are to where you want to be. Hey, Joanne and I have an upcoming event in January here, January 13th and 14th here at our house in the Oaks Club in Osprey, Florida. We're titling Loving, Learning, and Earning. We're going to spend a couple days just unpacking how to do those things as couples. Now, this is only open to just, we're only going to, we're going to limit it to six couples. I already have a couple of those spots taken because I've talked about it kind of in private, but now we're opening it up. If you go to 48days.com slash lovin', just 48days.com slash L-O-V-I-N, just kind of the hillbilly way of saying it there, lovin', well, you can find out more about that event. We'd love to talk to you about that. There's some information there that we'd love to gather from you, and then we'll select six couples for that time with us here in Florida. So I'd love to have you check that out. Now, what are some of the messages you're hearing from people who are closest to you? What are you doing to build your self-esteem? How are you overcoming the fear that's holding you back? Do you have what I call the five predictors of success? Now, this relates to a lot of the input that we get 
people feeling stuck, especially right now when there's so much volatility, so many unexpected and unwelcome changes that have taken place in the last couple of years here. And people are just feeling kind of like a deer in the headlights, you know, just immobilized. Our quotation today comes from Rollo May. As you know, I, my academic background is in clinical psychology. So I studied a lot of the psychologists. He was one of those. He said, depression is the inability to construct our future. Okay. That's, uh, you know, that's where people feel trapped. And that does lead to depression. If you feel like you're not in charge of your future, you know, the byline that we have on by on 48 days on our website is the best way to predict your future is to create it, be in the driver's seat. That's what we're looking for. Our resource for today, actually, it's not a resource. It's something, though, I want you to do. This is once a year, we do a survey to our podcast audience. I'd love to get your feedback. You know, things are changing. I've been doing this podcast, well, for 15 years now. So a lot has changed in that period of time. We don't want to get just stuck in ruts of doing things the same way just because it's been working okay. No, I'm eager to get your feedback. So we look at new possibilities, your suggestions, certainly welcome. If you go to 48days.com slash podcast survey, it'll take you to that. Sheila and the team helped me put that together. We'd love to get your feedback about how we can make this podcast even better than it is. Thank you for that in advance. Well, um, here's, let me just jump in here. I mean, I often hear from people about the lack of support they're getting from people closest to them. It may be your mother, your father, brother, sister, cousin, coworker, neighbor. I mean, you have an idea to better yourself. You know, just to write that book or launch that course or share your invention or open your own ice cream shop. I mean, only to have these people criticize your idea I mean, question your ability to do anything that big. Remind you, no one in our families ever even graduated from college. How do you think you could possibly do that? You better just learn to be content with where you are. So then, do you have enough belief in yourself, enough conviction that it'll work anyway to forge ahead? Even if you know these people are going to make snide remarks and maybe even try to derail you? Or do you just decide to believe those voices and back off from the dream you had, you know, to give away the life you could be living to those who are thinking smaller, to those who are convinced that there's not really any opportunities out there. And maybe like the old Jack Nicholson movie says, this is as good as it gets. You know, I I grew up kind of in that environment. I mean, my parents wanted me to stay in the farm. They were, they were wonderful, godly people, but they thought the world of our little existence in a small rural community and a solitary family life protected us from the dangers of higher education, I mean, the ideas with bigger financial potential. You know, they, they thought that you know, people who had money probably had taken advantage of people along the way to get it, and it was just better to not really have much. They didn't want to be around people who had those big dreams, but Man, I was a, geez, I, I wanted to see more. I wanted to go more. I wanted to do more. I wanted to have more than what that life provided. Again, I had the basic needs met and could have continued to do that. But I wanted to stretch. I wanted to grow. I got my hands on you know, some of those old books that talked about rags to riches. And I, I just believed that I could do more. Now, I could have honored my parents 
by staying there. I mean, they were pretty adamant about me just staying there, just quitting school when the state allowed me to quit school, just stay there. And I could have just stayed there trying to bury the dreams that were racing around in my head. And believe me, parting ways with them, with their lifestyle, their legalistic religion, their contentment with poverty was not an easy transition. But now I talk to a lot of people who are living in their 40s and 50s. They're living out their parents' expectations. All of a sudden, it becomes pretty clear to them. They buried their own dreams to continue getting the approval of those closest to them. Now, let's take the other end of the spectrum here. Maybe the opposite has been true for you. You're part of what we call the gold star generation. I mean, everybody gets a gold star. Everybody's wonderful. Everybody's capable of being anything they want. Everyone's a winner. I mean, you know, these ball games, you know, where somebody doesn't score a run in the entire game and they all get a trophy at the end. Everyone's a winner. I mean, you know, if we can build our children up to believe in themselves, they can accomplish great things. If we can build up their self-esteem, you know, certainly they'll be better off. Well, there's been some counter studies that have kind of questioned that, that are saying this may not be a realistic beginning for our kids. I mean, Joanna and I have talked about this even recently and observing some young parents and looking back on what we did with our own kids. I mean, now studies have shown that the only things that really build up self-esteem in any meaningful way are taking risk, doing hard things, working hard, accomplishing things. I mean, when I look at people like uh, Brian Tracy, you know, how do people become millionaires? They have clear goals, continuous learning, willingness to take risk. There it is showing up again. You know, a healthy self-esteem is not built by artificial pats on the back and attaboys when somebody's doing poor work, when they're failing in their class, or when they borrowed $100,000 to get a degree that doesn't really have any marketable value. I mean, why do we encourage somebody along when they're doing those kind of things? I mean, it reminds me of the old uh, Garrison Keeler. Garrison Keeler, remember he used to do his program from Lake Wobegon, and he'd end that. He'd end that program with, that's the news from Lake Wobegon, where all the women are strong, all the men are good-looking, and all the children are above average. Well, it's a sarcastic kind of view, but we often take that. I mean, certainly not all the children can be above average. It defies the meaning of average. Average means some are above, some are below. But there, in, in the field of psychology, there's actually a term, it's called illusory superiority. And that's a condition where we think, we, well, we, we, we think we're pretty good. We overestimate our own qualities and abilities in relation to the same qualities and abilities of other people. I mean, we can show that a lot. I mean, there's a lot of terms given to that, the above average effect, the superiority bias, the Lake Wobegon effect. Really, where, where everybody thinks they're above average and people rate themselves you know, pretty high. Now, you, this may seem counter to what I talk about a lot. We want to have a positive self-esteem. We want to believe in yourself, believe that you're capable of more and all of that. But, you know, even in like college classes, I mean, when I was teaching at the college level, you know, it, was, it was pretty appalling to see how in a lot of classes, everybody got A's. Everybody got A's. And some professors really believe that. 
And these days, I mean, A seems to be about average, where if you get a B, it's horrendous. But and, and if you get an A, you're not content with an A. You want an A plus or an A plus plus or plus plus plus, you know, with with garlands and music playing. But here's what can happen. And kids come out of their comfy upbringing, getting all A's and being told they're great, they're unstoppable, they're capable of achieving anything. And then what happens? Then they encounter a little bit of real life where there's a boss who doesn't tolerate being late three days in a row and fires you. Or a landlord who doesn't accept your reason for not paying rent on time and kicks you out. You're out on the street. Or the investors who take over your business when you fail to hit the goals you agreed on. But you know what often happens when somebody's had an unrealistic upbringing like that, where they've been patted on the back, gotten a trophy for everything they did, even if they failed at it, and then they have one slap on the hand from real life, they become immobilized. Wow, they just crouch down full of fear. They hide by moving back in with mom and dad, vowing never to start a business again, never raise their hand to lead another team or project. You want to look for people who will say no to your idea, people who, who will challenge you, challenge your invention. Say, well, geez, that may not work if you thought of this. People call you out on not taking the action that you said you would. I mean, I've had a lot of uh, bumps along the, along the way. I mean, I've, I've talked about an early experience when I was 18 years old, poor farm kid, and I had on my own applied, uh, determined I was going to co- go to college to uh, get away from the farm and open up some new opportunities for me. And I got a, a grant, $1,800 grant, to go to school to pay for my tuition that first year. This was back early days. I was going to the Ohio State University, a state school, so the tuition was affordable. Got that $1,800 grant. Well, being a big thinker, being pretty much on my own and without a lot of good counsel and advice around me, but being a big thinker, I invested that $1,800 confident that I could turn it into more money before the tuition was due. Well, what I did, I responded to a little ad probably in the back of one of the magazines I picked up at the grocery store about those Horatio Alger stories and how to be, become rich, successful. And I purchased sight unseen Six cashew machines. Now, these cashew machines, you would plug them in. They sat on top of the counter, but you would plug them in and keep the cashews warm. Wow, I mean, I love cashews. I still do. And what could be better than warm cashews? So true to their word, the company I purchased those from with my $1,800 sent a guy out and he helped me place those. Now, unfortunately for me, as a sheltered little farm kid, he placed those in some bars and some of the sleaziest places I had ever walked in. I was fearful I was going to be struck by lightning just walking in the door to these places, but that's where he was comfortable, and uh, he placed them there. Well, then I started getting calls from these people immediately, the proprietors of those places, saying, you need to get these machines out of here. Guess what happens to cashews under heat if they aren't turned about every 12 hours, they start molding. And that's exactly what happened. All the, all the cashews in there got moldy. I got, I went around, I just collected those machines. I never talked to another place about putting them in there. I stored them in the back of an old abandoned chicken coop on our farm. My dad, his dying day, never knew this story at all. I never had the guts to tell him because he would have 
chastised me for the poor decision I made from the start and at the beginning. And then, of course, when tuition came due, I had to get out and bust my butt to come up with a way to make some money, which I did. But in doing that, I didn't then decide, well, I'll never do that again. Not at all. It was even then, you know, I was 18 years old, but I was, I said, what can I learn from this? What can I do to not repeat that again? But I love vending. I still do. When you think about some of the things that we do today at 48 Days, one of the things that we that we promote and sell a lot of is the 48 Days Profile, the Disc Profile. We talk about that. It's the hottest selling product we have. Far outsells my books. We sell more profiles than anything. A part of that is because in my books I seed a link back to that profile to get that done. So a lot of books that were, they don't, they aren't sold through us. They're sold through Amazon, Barnes and Noble and places like that. But then people get to those pages in a book and then they link on that, click on that link and go and get the profile. So that's a big seller. But when you think about that, what it is really is an electronic vending business. Now, instead of having to drive a truck across town and restock the cashews and those machines, People just log into their account on our website, purchase those profiles, restock their, their, their machine in essence. So they buy them, you know, five, 10, 20, 50 at a time, and they put them in their machine. When they need more, they come back and get more. It's an electronic vending business, which I love thinking about it in that regard because I failed so miserably at my first one, but I didn't just then commit that I'd never do that again. No, I just learned from that. So here's what happens. You know, kids come out again, like I talked about, they come out where they've had unrealistic encouragement, unrealistic pat on the back, trophy for everything they did. And then when there's something that happens that kind of slaps their hand, they're like, what are you talking about? You know, everybody always told me I could do whatever I wanted to do. I didn't know there were going to be any obstacles to just going out and becoming rich and famous. Well, again, look for people who are going to challenge you on what you're doing, people who are going to call you out on not taking action when you said you would. Now, in in my book, No More Dreaded Mondays, which I know a lot of you have, I list what I think are the five predictors of success. And those five predictors of success are number one, passion, number two, determination, number three, talent, number four, self-discipline, number five, faith. So, Are you doing those things? Do you have those? Passion, determination, talent, self-discipline, and faith. And if the people closest to you don't support your dream and are not willing to help you, you need to find people who will. I mean, having people around you, the right people, people who have a growth mindset like you do. We talk a lot in our Eagles community about right mindset, right idea, right network. But you need to have people around you with a growth mindset, people who want to succeed themselves and who want you to succeed. I mean, just that can make all the difference. I mean, getting around those people can change your life faster than anything else. Now, think about the easiest thing you might do. I mean, that's just to stay around the people who are giving you inaccurate information, whether that's saying you can't do it or saying you can do it without any realistic reason for thinking you can. I mean, that's the easiest thing to do. Just stay in that environment. And thus your life is not likely to change very much 
from what it is right now. I mean, it takes intention and specific action to put yourself around people who are going to stretch you, who are going to tell you the truth in love and really help you grow. You know, sometimes I talk to people who have had like their first experience at a big conference, you know, see them at social media marketing world or podcast movement or something, or they encounter a community of kindred spirits, you know, like our Eagles community or a true mastermind. And they're blown away by the effect of having the support and encouragement from people who truly want them to succeed. I mean, the stories that we've got, and I'm going to share a couple of those with you, but the stories that we've got about people who were very intentional about getting around people who were going to encourage them and support them, but also challenge them with the truth when needed and how they have exponentially grown their success. I just, we could just go on and on and on all day long. Well, hey, I want to just remind you here that um, I don't have just, just a list of questions today, but this is a compilation of the kind of questions that we get day after day after day. Stories about people feeling trapped, where they are, feeling like they failed, they don't want to risk it again. This is the encouragement to get back in the game, and I want to tell you how to do that. If you've got a question, just shoot that in to me at askdan at 48days.com. You can also share their um, success stories, other things. We recently uh, sent out a little note asking people to share their stories about having invested in themselves because that's one of the books that I'm going to be writing next, The Power of Investing in Yourself. Lots of stories about that. Lots. I've got famous people, but I want to hear from you, and we got to, had a whole bunch of you respond to that. I'll probably compile those and share those in some way as well here for an upcoming episode. But uh, just shoot those in, your success stories, suggestions you've got, resources that you've got to ask Dan at 48days.com. Hell, I'm going to put another link in our, just in the show notes here. I'm not going to try to give you because it's one of those complicated domains. But speaking of books that I've got coming out, my next book is titled An Understanding Heart. It's all completed. It's all laid out. It's beautiful. And now I'm selecting the cover, but we put a contest out on CrowdSpring. We had tons and tons of of submissions. I've narrowed it down to my top five, and I've got a link that I'd love for you to go to, and you choose what you think the best cover is. Also get you familiar if you're somebody who's wanting to write a book with this process of choosing a really stellar cover. Part of the process is it's going to be just embossed in simulated leather, so it won't have a lot of color, but it'll be, I want it to be really profoundly impactful as you look at it. So I'll put the link to that in the show notes for today as well, where you can go and vote on the cover look for my next upcoming book. Now I want to give you just some of the benefits you can expect from being in around people who are going the right kind of people who are going to help you grow. Now, whether you call that a community, a mastermind, whatever, but how you choose to have people around you and what you can expect from having the right kind of people around you. One of those is mutual support. I mean, I, I encourage you to be around people with diverse interests and goals. But even so, you're, you're going to find your progress to be enhanced as those other people encourage, support, motivate, inspire, and advise you. Now, we see things like 
goodness. I mean, like Alcoholics Anonymous, Weight Watchers are certainly a lot of proven prototypes for the power of that uh, being around other people who are kind of on the same path as you. That's true here as well, but you're intentional, not about having a problem with alcohol or weight, but about the desire to grow and prosper. But the principle is very much the same. You want to look for accountability. If you have somebody, if you tell somebody else what your goals are, then we know you're more likely to reach those. You're more likely to have the incentive to reach those goals. And I share openly the things at the beginning of the year that I want to accomplish that year and how I'm doing on those at different kind of checkpoints. I mean, those goals become more real in your mind. And there's that accountability of letting group members know where you are in the process. I mean, that you want that. You want people to be speaking into giving you feedback on where you are and reaching your goals. You want differing perspectives. I mean, don't just look for clones of yourself. You want diversity. I mean, the strength of your group, the people you have around you, will derive in part from the diversity. And again, you're not looking for consensus. I mean, golly, the, the group that I had for years with uh, Dave Ramsey, I mean, we made it very clear. We weren't looking for agreement on anything. We love the fact that we could have a really robust conversation on a tough topic and walk out of the room with 12 different opinions and still love each other deeply and trust each other because we're, we had a safe place to speak about our differences of opinion. Now, that doesn't come often from the routines we have at work or at home and church. I mean, sometimes you don't get that there, but you want to have people around you who are willing to, in biblical terms, speak the truth and love, you know, just challenge you on something. You may have an idea, an invention, and you may tell them, wow, you know, I just did a quick search and there's 30 things that are pretty much exactly the same as what you've got there. Have you considered, you know, what the challenge is going to be to make yours stand out from those, all that. Anyway, you can look for encouragement. I mean, yeah, we want encouragement, but not again, those false pats on the back where you're heading the wrong direction that are so often part of even, even a corporate environment. Rather, you want that real encouragement that comes with suggestions for how you can grow to stretch, how to consider new alternatives. And frankly, as people reach higher levels of success in a closed environment, they typically receive less and less honest feedback. Everybody's a fan. Everybody's eager to compliment. No one's telling, you know, somebody that, gee, you, have you ever thought about updating your, your glasses or getting a new hairstyle? I mean, even things like that. I mean, you want people around you who will have those kind of conversations with you. And yes, you're going to build new relationships. You're going to deepen relationships with those people. Have trusted relationships like maybe you haven't experienced before. People often refer to, in my mastermind, that they're getting there what they always expected in a church, but didn't experience. Pretty interesting. You know, where we can have, I mean, even, even there, often in a church, frankly, it's sometimes pretty risky to really share what you're thinking, share a different, different opinion. No, you know, sometimes that's not a safe place, but that's what you want to look for. You want to look for that. And of course, confidentiality is another factor that is typically true in these kind of relationships. It doesn't mean that you just, you know, share your guts to everybody, but um, certainly when you have those kind of long-term trusted relationships, you can tell the truth and feel safe that what is being said is going to stay in that group. Uh, I'm, I'm not one to 
define that real specifically or require that, but it's just kind of an implied expectation that you're going to have that. So those are the kind of things that you ought to be able to look for in people around you who are going to help you grow. That's exactly what you're looking for. Now, I need to add that time is a wonderful healer. I talked about uh, walking away from a lot of things that my parents wanted and expected from me. That was a tough time. That was when I was like 18 years old when that happened. Over time, I developed a wonderful relationship with my parents, due in part to the wonderful woman I married. She's impossible not to love. And in as much as they were very opposed to my developing relationship with her and marriage, uh, they learned to love her very quickly. She opened them up to a, a lot of things with her gentle love and concern that she had. And over time, you know, when my parents, although they didn't really understand what I did, they didn't understand a lot of my choices. They did share the joy that I had at things that have brought me a great deal of joy. So in as much as, you know, my dad understood milk and cows, you sell the milk. You know, you grow soybeans or corn, you take them into town, you get paid for that. That's something very physical, very tangible. He understood that. But to talk, to think, to, you know, coach, you know, how, how could you make money doing those things? He never really could understand that. But certainly, again, you know, shared the joy that I had. And uh, one of my books, one of my books, I actually dedicated to him. And I have right here in front of me, I just pulled it off the shelf. I actually have the copy that I gave to my dad where he wrote his name in there. And I, I, my dedication to my dad for No More Dreaded Mondays is this. To my dad, Ray F. Miller, who taught me that work was not something to be avoided, but rather something to be done with wholehearted effort, character, and integrity. Your model of believing we are temporary stewards of animals, tools, land, and friendships continues to call me to a daily accountability of those resources. And I love having the opportunity to do that. And obviously, he was deeply touched by that. Kept copies of my books in the nursing home up to the day he died to share with other people and brag about his son who had written these books. So again, time is a wonderful healer. But I did make some very intentional choices along the way to move out of the of the input that I was getting from those who were closest to me. And some of you may need to make that choice as well. A couple quick things I want to share here, and then we'll just wrap up. But a couple things from people in our 48 Days community, where it exemplifies some of the things that I'm talking about. One of those is having to deal with fear. Micah McGreevy is one of our 48 Days coaches, and we featured him recently in the 48 Days newsletter. And most of you get that, so you may have seen this. But it had to do with how do you overcome something when you're dealing with it? And he is a great example of overcoming a debilitating fear and anxiety in his life. And he shares openly about that. And now he helps other people overcome what holds them back and coaches them to their full potential. But he talked about his story of overcoming fear and anxiety he says, I'll paint a picture for you here. Me in high school, hyperventilating because of anxiety and not wanting to have to go to school because I was afraid to have to answer a question or to speak in front of a group of people because my anxiety was so severe and so, so debilitating. Now, that was when he was in high school. He was talking about that. 
Overcoming this fear was not easy. Michael had to work on it for a long time. It started with his realization that there's no either or when it comes to fear. It isn't the case that there are just some people who are confident, some people who aren't. Rather, we can all work in ourselves and our confidence over time with a growth mindset. So it's something we choose to walk out of. Um, he says the majority of people in this community that are experiencing fear are not thinking about jumping off a cliff or hopping on a motorcycle or doing some evil Knievel related thing. Much of it has to do with exposing themselves and perhaps their lack of competency or lack of ability in a certain area. And I think that's what holds most people back is being exposed as someone who doesn't know what they're talking about or who isn't up for the challenge or is less than in some way. And the awful thing about that is they're stealing their own opportunity to grow in that area. So he talks about that. Just last night, I had dinner with somebody who is one of our growing coaches as well, but he's hit kind of a plateau because he's just one of the most brilliant people I've ever met in my life, extremely knowledgeable in certain areas, but he's reached a plateau, can't seem to move through that, and it has to do with his fear about being exposed to somebody who didn't go to college, doesn't have a lot of the degrees that other people do, hasn't written books. And it's just, it's just blocking him. It's artificial because people don't ask about those things. They ask about, gee, how can you help me? You know, what is your own success? What is your own success history? And that's where he can shine if he just agrees to walk through that. And it comes down to being making a decision and being around people who are going to encourage you. And we're certainly hoping to supply that people who encourage him as we challenge him and speak the truth as well. And in that case, I mean, the fact that a significant period of time has passed and he really hasn't made a lot of progress, then part of my role as his coach is to challenge him on that. Look, it's been too long. You know, you need to take action on this. You need to act your way through what you're dealing with in terms of fear, the feeling that you have of inadequacy. Act your way through that. Get to the other side. Get a little success under your belt. It'll That success will fuel your self-confidence to continue doing it. So I need to... He's paid me for coaching. It's my responsibility to give him that kind of feedback. Well, here's another one, and then we'll wrap up with this. This comes from uh, Jen McDonough, who a lot of you know. She wrote me a, a lengthy note recently, and it came in response to this idea of uh, the power of investing in yourself. What's an example of where you invested in yourself? And she says the email came at a perfect time. As you and Joanna have been on my mind, I wanted to celebrate a huge milestone, as well as express my deep gratitude and ex- appreciation once again for the impact you've made in my life. I just got back from New Mexico, Jen says, where last week I had my uh, speaking engagement, my first 10,000 plus speaking engagement. It was actually $11,500 to speak, you know, for 45 minutes. I have another larger event at the same price point coming up in two weeks. While I'm doing this full time now, I've been doing this full time now for seven years. This truly lets me feel like I'm finally comfortable saying I am a professional speaker. And yes, my sessions are worth every penny. In fact, at the price point, they're getting a bargain. She says, anyways, it wasn't just the money that was awesome. It was especially nice to look back on what it was like to sit in the front row at your September 2011 Right to the Bank conference, thinking that someday I could actually see it. However, you gave me hope that there would be a someday. She talks about what she did now. She came to that event 
That was in 2011. So that's September. Wow, that's right at 10 years ago. 10 years ago, came to that event. And so she, at the time, was $212,000 in debt. When she came down to the conference, she drove from Minnesota. Um, she, she was a secretary at the time, making a secretary's salary. She drove down, not even stopping at McDonald's for a hamburger because they were trying to budget every penny. So she risked spending, I think it was $1,000 to come to that event, right to the bank at the sanctuary. She risked that came down. They were in the middle of paying off that $212,000 in debt. They had four kids they were taken care of with some uh, health issues there that were costing them even more money. They were trying to work their way out of that. That's where they were 10 years ago. So just fast forward 10 years. Here, here our family sits with having our oldest three kids starting college this past fall, being able to cash flow it. And she talks about how like one of her kids um, knows exactly what he wants to do. And he worked for two years before going to college, saved up $30,000. So he can easily cash flow his first two years, which will get him to the, one of the degrees that he wants. Uh, then he, if he, when he graduates, then he plans to go to work in this field that he'll be trained in and then have his work help pay for years three and four. But committed totally to cash flow on it. She talks about, again, her other kids, the same position. They're working through that. She says, lastly, Bob and I are at a rich season in life with being blessed by good health, wonderful family relationships. We're in the process of purchasing a second home. She sent me a link to it, a picture. It's a gorgeous lake house, a lake cabin. It'll be a, um, a second home for them. Uh, where one of their kids can live while he attends college close by to where that is. But the things that have happened, she goes on anyways. I always tell you this to say thank you for what you're doing. Your impact will be felt for many years to come for our family and the people we impact around us. I want you and Joanne to both know from the bottom of my heart that I love you and appreciate you both. Keep up the great work of impacting others. Well, I appreciate so much, Jen, your, your note about that and congratulate you on taking the action. I mean, it's easy to give out the information, but the real difference maker is if somebody takes action on what they hear and changes, walks out what the changes that you've described there, which are so amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Now, those of you who are listening, you no matter where you are, no matter where you feel you are, if you feel like you're stuck, like Michael was in fear, you make a decision to walk out of that. If you were where Jen was deeply in debt and working as secretary's salary, you can choose to have a new life 10 years from now. I mean, I'm not going to say that's going to take 10 years, but you know, she's reflecting back on 10 years when that really happened and the life that they're able to live now because she took massive action. So decide for yourself, decide, do you have the five predictors of success? Do you have passion, determination, talent, self-discipline, and faith? If you do, you've got what you need. Now, in addition to that, get yourself around people. Make the decision to intentionally be around people who are going to support you, encourage you, speak the truth in love, challenge you on ideas, but also encourage you because they want you to be successful. That's a choice. That's a major choice. That's a really, really important choice to do that, to make sure that you're around those people. I've certainly done that and have come from from being that kid on a farm with big dreams, big ideas, 
to seek out who are those people that can help me. Sometimes it was virtual mentors just through reading their material, listening to their material, and then ultimately became real mentors. Lots of those along the way I've been privileged to have because I've been intentional about seeking that out. That's very, very important to me to spend time around people who are big thinkers, people who are committed to their own growth and success, and certainly that of mine as well. You can do the same. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for sending in your questions, for being open to growing, for being a powerful force, for making the world a better place, and for believing without a shadow of a doubt that we can find or create work that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable.